just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Now, normally I don't do a podcast recording on Saturday night. It's the weekend. Things are pretty low-key with regards to news. I like to give you a break from me. I like to take a break from it and just kind of let the weekend slide. But today was a little different story. We had this big soiree that the Patriots had planned in Washington, D.C. at the U.S. Capitol. It was called the Justice for J6 Rally. We've been hearing about September 18th for weeks and weeks and weeks, and people have been concerned about it, and justifiably so. After January 6th, and that shit show it became, and the violence and the insurrection and the treason and the uh, sedition that happened that day was appalling. I don't know that our country could stand yet another one of those circumstances. So thankfully, the police in Washington, D.C. were ready. They put up the fences. They were ready. The National Guard was standing at the ready. So nothing like January 6th could happen again. This would be shut down very quickly. Now, these patriots that were going to come out just for the uh, Justice for J6 rally in Washington, D.C. today were coming out to protest the persecution of their buddies who were the insurrectionists on January 6th. Now, these people think they've been uh, imprisoned wrongly, that it's just the government trying to shut them down. These people support those people that are being indicted, tried, jailed, pleading guilty. They're backing these people up. Now, the people they're backing up are the very same people that charged the U.S. Capitol, broke into the U.S. Capitol, injured police, killed police, threatened to kill Nancy Pelosi and Mike Pence by way of hanging and just to make sure they thought they, we thought they meant business. They brought a gallows with a noose on it. These are the same people that, for good measure, shit and pissed in the hallways of the U.S. Capitol. Yet these people that are coming out for the uh, Justice for J6 rally, they support those people. They support them. That tells you what kind of people they are. So now as we're approaching this, the last couple of weeks, people have been talking about it. People are upset about the possibilities. The Patriots were screaming, we're strong, we're strong, we will sow you, wait till September 18th. Well, when push came to shove, and September 18th is here today, and the rally starts, guess what? 400, maybe 450 people showed up. That's it. Now, as far as how the government and the police were ready, it was a bit of overkill, but you don't know that. You saw what happened on January 6th, so you have to be ready for it. Frankly, the way they were ready today is how they should have been ready on January 6th. There was reason to believe there was going to be violence. There's reason to be believe there'll be large numbers of people. But somehow, back then on January 6th, 
nothing was done. I'll talk about that in a moment, something to consider about that. But why only 450 people today when there were thousands on January 6th and these people are upset about their poor comrades being persecuted? Why only 400 people? Well, here's why I think. First of all, Trump's support is waning. It's dropping like a fucking rock. More and more things become revealed and less and less people can align themselves with that bullshit. Things are being proved. Things are being shown. And there's some people with a little bit of common sense that say, yeah, I don't want to be part of it. Now, there's another group of people that thought this was a setup, meaning they'd all get there and then they'd round them up and arrest them and put them in jail just like they did to their persecuted buddies. I don't know that that's true, but it would have been nice if they considered that. That would have been a good thing. Big sting, bring them all into D.C., get them all excited, then start jailing those sons of bitches. I don't know if that was part of the plan, but it it, uh, could be. Lastly, the main reason why I think they didn't come out is because they're fucking cowards. That's who they are. They're bullies who are ultimately cowards. They're all about throwing a sucker punch. They're all about sneak attacks. They're all about capitalizing on a situation where they have the upper hand guaranteed. But once there's a formidable force in front of them, Oh, no, they don't want part of that. They want nothing to do with that because, again, they're fucking cowards. So they decided to stay away from this one, as embarrassing as it was for the amount of people that went there. But it was very interesting to me. The people they did interview at this event, there's one common thread. They're fucking dumb as shit. I can't believe it. They're delusional, they're oblivious, and they're fucking stupid. I saw an interview with one kid. (laughs) He was wearing a raccoon cat, a raccoon hat, and he was uh, maybe a tip of the hat to that uh, QAnon freak with that crazy outfit who's now in jail. But he's 23 years old, doesn't know shit from shit, and uh, somebody's interviewing him, and He's trying to tell the reporter that nothing happened. It was an insurrection. There were no assaults. So this particular interviewer pulled up a video, the video we all know where the uh, policeman is being crushed in a door as these huge numbers of people are pushing against it and trying to injure this cop. They show it to him. And he says, oh, that's not... That's not an assault. He could have backed out of there. It's no big deal. See, that's what I don't understand about these people. These people will say that the insurrection was not an insurrection. It was tourist. It was just people peacefully protesting. Now, at first I thought it was because they weren't seeing the information we all are seeing, meaning they're watching Fox or OAN or Newsmax, and these people aren't showing this kind of material. So they just don't know, and they're not smart enough to look in other areas to get the full picture. So all they see is what's presented to them. So I thought, okay, they're misinformed. That's the problem. But then when you show them video, 
of it. Very specific, real video that shows assaults, that shows how dangerous it was. They still want to deny it. So the only other way to look at this is they're brainwashed cult members and or they're fucking dumb as shit. Now, everybody they talked to um, that day, today, just seemed absolutely ignorant. They couldn't put together a full sentence. They seem to be the dregs of this country. And let's be honest, Donald Trump has had success in this country by affiliating himself with the lowest common denominator. Now, people will say to me, oh, you can't speak badly of other people. You're calling them the lowest common denominator. Well, let's look at it. These people are racist. They're misogynistic. They're anti-Semitic. They're violent. They're trying to undermine democracy. No, these are the fucking lowest common denominator. We have a country full of people. And there is a small faction of people that are just bad people. And that's the only way you can describe them if they are in support of all these horrific things and support this horrific human being in Donald Trump. Now, the question has been, why didn't we protect the Capitol on January 6th like we did today? That's a good question. What's the main difference between January 6th and today? Well, the main difference is who's the president. On January 6th, uh, Donald Trump was the president. We know he hamstringed the National Guard. They couldn't do certain things. They couldn't bring certain equipment. And when they needed the okay from the Pentagon to come over, it was delayed an hour, an hour and a half. And by the time they sent the National Guard over, it was all done. Now, why would that happen? Would that happen today? No, of course not. The only reason it happened is because Donald Trump wanted this insurrection, and he wanted to give all the opportunities he could to the people that were doing his bidding at the U.S. Capitol to actually accomplish what they were trying to accomplish. So he caused them to be unprepared. Same with the police department. We had fewer policemen there than we would normally have them. And where does that come from? Well, maybe the chief. But who does the chief talk to? The administration? Maybe Donald Trump? I don't know. But there's a vast difference between how we were prepared on January 6th and how we were prepared now. Now, part of this comes into play, too, is because we've never seen anything like this. We never expected anything like this. But that seems to be the problem with our government in general. We have uh, bigger thoughts of our government and stronger thoughts of our government than what really is true. We would never think that a band of toothless redneck motherfuckers would come across um, into the U.S. Capitol and try to take it over. We would never think of that. And we would tell ourselves, because we would never think of that, well, if anything like that happened, we'd take care of them. No one steps on America like that. Funny thing is, they did. 
So maybe we aren't as strong as far as protecting things until we have to suffer through an actual insurrection and then somehow we find a way to protect ourselves. Or take Donald Trump. He's in office. He's done many things he can be indicted for, but apparently because of some fucking memo in the FBI, you can't indict a president. We're not talking about a constitutional amendment. We're not talking about a law. We're talking about a memo in the FBI. Now we can't indict the president. But, of course, no president would do the things Donald Trump would do. There are certain norms in the president, uh, presidential position and in government that nobody would ever break. But, surprise, Donald Trump broke every fucking one of them. He broke laws because he knew he couldn't be indicted. We thought we were stronger than this. We thought we were better than this. But Donald Trump proved us wrong. He proved us wrong in his term. He proved us wrong in the insurrection. So what are we going to do with that? Now, Joe Biden's in. He probably isn't going to do the things that Donald Trump did. But who knows who's next or who's 10 years from now or 20 years from now. This has been a template for a lot of bad people. They've seen what's happened. They see where the weaknesses are in this country. And as much as we think we're big shots and they would never happen, we need to shore some shit up. We need not to trust everybody, especially politicians, especially politicians that become president or have immense power like Mitch McConnell. These people are doing things that we never thought could be done in this country, but now they are. We thought we were better than that. We're not. We thought we were protected against it. We're not. So this is incumbent on the government in general, both Republican and Democrat. we got to shore things up. We can't assume people will do the right thing, because clearly in the last four and a half years we saw a lot of people do absolutely the wrong thing. And this is the time that we need to make sure it doesn't happen again, that there's no more bullshit like this happening. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't know how many times this government in this country can handle the kinds of things we saw in the last four and a half years and during that insurrection. That's pressed us to the limit. And if that ever breaks, if that insurrection actually works, or they're able to undermine democracy, well, then this country and this form of government will no longer be what we expect it to be or what we've known it to be. That sounds pretty pretty harsh to say, but that's how close we were, are, as a matter of fact. I mean, as I've talked about before, we still have 78% of the Republican Party who think that Joe Biden didn't win the election legally. 78% of the Republican Party. You know, it's funny, we always hear about these Republican uh, representatives. And some of them will say, well, we're different. We're not part of the crazy group. That's not the Republican Party. I got to tell you, if 78% of the group believe that there was election fraud and Biden wasn't elected legally, that's the whole fucking party. That's the vast majority of the party. That means this party has a fucking problem. 
And we're going to talk about that uh, fairly shortly, probably in the next segment. I wanted to bring something else up, too. You know, it's very interesting that uh, there was a, a news story. This really has not much to do with politics, but it does. AOC was at the uh, New York Gala that happened recently, days ago. And she was wearing this beautiful white designer dress. And on the back, in big letters, red letters that said, Tax the Rich. It was an interesting publicity stunt. And I got to be honest, AOC looked good. She's an attractive woman. She's poised. And she looked good. She looked like she belonged there. But man, oh man, did this upset the Republican Party. They don't like it. They thought it was horrible. Now they're trying to find ways to censor her and get her in trouble, which they won't because she didn't do anything wrong any more than any of these other idiots and some of the things they're involved in. So they're upset about it. And it always struck me interesting how these people hated AOC so much. I mean, when you think about it, she's just a representative in the House of Representatives. She represents a small area of New York. Now, she doesn't really have that much power in terms of voting or or her committees or all that sort of thing. She really can't do much, but these people absolutely hate her. I mean, if you talk to a Trumplican, the first thing they'll scream about is AOC. But why? AOC isn't their biggest problem, but they don't like her. And I'll tell you why they don't like her, because they're scared of her. They are absolutely, deathly afraid of AOC. She's a young woman. She's attractive. She's smart. She's sharp-tongued, and she'll get in your face, and she knows what the fuck she's talking about. She's a danger to all these old white men that are Republicans because they can't answer to her. They can't answer her questions. And when they can't answer her questions, they just dismiss her. But AOC won't let you dismiss her. She's smarter than that. What they see when they look at AOC is the downfall of the Republican Party five, ten years from now. She's not even old enough to run for president, but I'll bet you for sure she will run for president at some time. And she might very well win. Because she's got the appeal and the charisma that some of these reality stars and Donald Trump had for a certain crowd of people. But she's also smart. She also knows her shit, and she also wants to help the people that pay most of the taxes. So she's a very attractive candidate. And as these old white men diminish and disappear from the landscape and from the Republican Party, well, then we're going to see people like this have power. See, that's what Republicans don't understand, especially the old white Republicans. They think they should have power, and they think they can have power for eternity. But the era of the old white man is going by the wayside. They're dying off. There's a new generation coming, the millennials, the Gen Xers, whoever it is. They're coming. And this country is going to be theirs. And their attitudes are different than the old white Republican men. Now, there's still some coming up through the feeder system for the old guard Republicans, but not enough. The majority of 
people that are going to be in our government will be the Gen Xers and the millennials who have a totally different point of view than what we've seen from the Republican Party. So this doesn't bode well for the Republican Party unless it changes. Again, that's something we'll talk about after the break. But these people are scared to death of um, AOC. They're scared to death of Katie Porter. They're scared um, to death of all these young women. Because women, women shouldn't have power in their mindset. But as a white old man, I will tell you, I'm more than happy to step aside. Let the younger generation control things, run things. Because to be perfectly honest with you, the old white men have fucked it up beyond all recognition. What do they call that? Foobar. So if we fucked it up, people of my ilk have fucked it up. And we don't have as many years as the Gen Xers or the Millennials have. Let them take their turn. Let them see what they can do with this country and hopefully make it better for the future for them and their kids who are our grandchildren. Now's the time to make that change, and that change is coming. It is coming. And it's frightening to uh, think that... uh, These white men are going to fight to the death to hold on to power, but the power is slipping away. They realize it, but they don't realize there's nothing they can do. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Republican Party has changed dramatically from what we knew it was back with the Richard Nixon, the Ronald Reagan era. It's a totally different landscape when it comes to the Republican Party. They've always been conservative. They've always been putting money in the rich's pockets. But now it's gone a step further. Now they're entwined with conspiracy theories, violence, ridiculousness, white supremacy, anti-Semitism, and misogyny. They don't think anybody should have rights but them. They're anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers. They think COVID is a hoax. All of this is wrong. All of this is a lie. But more importantly, all of this is immensely dangerous for this country. If we are allowing these people to control the future of this country, we are headed down a very dark path a path we won't be able to come back from for a long time. Now, I don't know if these people don't see that path or if they don't care or they want to go down that path. I don't know. But this country has no business going down that path. Now, as I told you, in the last poll, 78% of Republicans believe that Joe Biden won the election illegally, that Donald Trump should be the president. To imagine 78% of all poly, all Republicans believing that is absolutely insane. 
There's never been any evidence. Nobody's been able to accomplish anything. The cyber symposium was a bust. The Arizona audit, it's been six months and nobody's shown us a damn thing. There's been court cases. There's been the Supreme Court. And all the while, not one shred of evidence. Still, somehow, 78% of all Republicans believe that there was voter fraud. It's kind of frightening, to be perfectly honest with you. Again, I don't know if it's they're not getting the information, the real facts, or they're brainwashed and cult members, or they're just stupid, or maybe a combination of all three. I don't know. But that is certainly dangerous for this country. As I've said, there are some people that suggest uh, they aren't one of that crazy group, even still that they're Republicans. And for the most part, that's bullshit. If you support the Republicans, uh, you support that kind of behavior and those kinds of policy. But we do have some representatives in the House of Representatives that are pushing back. Now, just recently, a couple of days ago, we heard that Representative Anthony Gonzalez, a Republican from Ohio, who's 37 years old, has decided to retire from the House of Representatives. Now, this guy is a former football player, a former pro football player, played at Ohio State. He's a favorite son in Ohio, which is ironic since we've got uh, dipshit Jim Jordan, also from Ohio, quite the opposite of this Mr. Anthony Gonzalez. But Anthony Gonzalez decided to retire, and why? Well, he's trying to be a legitimate Republican, the way we knew Republicans to be. He's not buying into the conspiracy. He voted to impeach Donald Trump. And what's it got him? What has it got him to do by doing the right thing? Well, it's got him to be shunned by his political party, the Republicans in the House of Representatives. He gets a lot of heat from them. But not even that. From Republicans, dipshits out in the world, he gets death threats. He gets threatened all the time. Now, here's a relatively young man that was thought to be a superstar, an upcoming superstar of the Republican Party. But now he's, he's a young man, so he's got a young family, and he's getting death threats. You know, he's got a good gig. He's in the House of Representatives. He's got to go up for election every two years, so it's not an easy path. But... Uh, at his age, with his with his um, education and his abilities, he's sitting back and thinking, I don't need this bullshit. And that's something you really have to think about. If you're getting death threats and your family's getting death threats and you have young kids and a wife and a future and some hopes and dreams, why would you sit there for that bullshit? Here's a guy that could have been a very important factor in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives, maybe ultimately in the Senate, and who knows, maybe president. But now this guy's going to pack it in and go on his way because there's too many fucking kooks in his party. He feels it's a toxic situation that he doesn't want to be a part of. He doesn't want to continue getting death threats simply because he does the right thing, the truthful, righteous thing. He's getting threatened every day. So he's saying, fuck it. I'm not going to do this anymore. Now, if you're a Democrat, that may not bother you, and that's fine. But the Republican Party should look at this. When you start losing good people 
in your organization and you replace them with these fucking crazy bastards, you got a real problem. You got a real problem. Now, of course, we've got uh, Adam Kinzinger in the House of Representatives and Liz Cheney, who have kicked back too. These are leaders in the House of Representatives, and they've set themselves apart. But in addition, they've also gained ridicule from the conspiracy theorist nuts. They've got uh, primaries set up against them in their home states to try to kick them out of office. Now, whether that will be effective and whether they will be able to do that, I don't know. But here's the problem for the Republicans. If you're going to try to run these crazy, these conspiracy theorists, these nuts, these white supremacists against these good people or normal people in these primaries, they're probably going to lose. Hopefully they will lose. But if they win, what's going to happen is as more things come out, as all is exposed about the insurrection and things, I've told you this before, the Republicans are going to take a huge hit. Their pub- public relations groups are going to go nuts because everything that's coming out is going to make the whole Republican Party look bad. Now, you put these crazy uh, crazies up in the elections, you know what's going to happen, don't you? What happened in California? You got uh, the recall of the governor, and you got some crazy fucking insurrectionist Republican running against him. Well, he got destroyed. And why did he get destroyed? Well, because people are afraid of somebody like that getting in power. Let's remember, Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden by 7 million votes, an unprecedented 81 million votes for Joe Biden. They thought it couldn't be real. But the fact of the matter is the reason people came out and voted to that extent is because they were scared shitless of this crazy nutcase criminal Donald Trump. Now, if you start running people similar or supporting Donald Trump that are just as crazy and just as criminal, you're going to get people kicking back. And this is where it comes down to what I was talking about before. I keep saying 2022 is not going to be a good year for the Republicans, in spite of the fact history would say otherwise. Well, we are dealing with a totally different set of circumstances, so you can't take history and compare it to this. But if they keep trying to run these crazies, these Mo Brooks, Marjorie Taylor Greene, people are going to see how embarrassing they are once they are in office. And whether they agree with them or not, they're not going to want to have this embarrassment and this trouble by voting these people in. So they may not vote at all, or if they vote, they'll vote for somebody else. But this is going to be the opportunity for the Democrats to step up and bury them. Go ahead, run your crazies, because you're going to have a tougher time winning these fucking elections. Yeah, you might win a few here and there, but not enough to maintain power. And when you run these crazies and these idiots, you're going to start losing. And not until you lose 2022 are you going to say to yourself, oh my God, we should change things up a bit. But even if you change things up after you get your ass kicked in 2022, you're still 
going to lose the next election. It's going to take some time for you to recoup your integrity, your legitimacy in the Republican Party. The Republican Party is destroyed. And as people like Anthony Gonzalez leave, it makes it worse. As people like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger separate themselves. Now, the one thing that Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger have going for them, they have power, they have history in government, in the House of Representatives. They're making a bet, and I think they're making a good bet. They're separating them from from the rest of the kooks. Now, when this all comes down and shakes out, the Republican Party is going to be a mess. They're going to have to try to regenerate that image that they once had. Now, the only two people that can do that right now are Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney. So now they'll become the leaders of the Republican Party. And yes, it's going to take some time for them to recover. But they're betting against the odds here. And the odds are the craziness, the conspiracy theories, uh, the uh, racism, the white supremacy, things like that won't play out over a long period of time. And Kinzinger and Liz Cheney will probably win in the end. It's just sad that somebody like Anthony Gonzalez just has to leave and go elsewhere. But I understand it. You want to protect your family. That is the first and foremost important thing, job that you have. And that's what he's going to do. And that's sad for the Republicans. I don't think we need another conservative. So whether he goes by the wayside or not really doesn't bother me. It's going to be interesting who they're going to replace, who they're going to run in place of him. And just bet, if it's one of these crazy fucks, the Democrats are going to have a better chance of winning it. And that's why in 2022, things are going to look a lot different than the Republicans planned on. And let's be honest, they make all kinds of claims. They make all kinds of threats and promises. And take a look around. Are any of them coming through? No. They're always wrong because they think they can just bully their way through. All right. I want to tell you a personal story. I'm a very big advocate of universal health care. I think everybody in this country should have health care. I think nobody should go broke for having to have health care. I think nobody should have to not have health care because they don't have money. A country like this, with the amount of taxes we pay, should at the very least be able to make sure their citizens are healthy. Their first job is to protect citizens, and that's not just terrorists. That's not just natural disasters. That's our own health. More people die from health causes than anything. I mean, look at COVID, 660,000 people dead. This whole COVID thing is going to change things for the medical landscape. I think we're going to see some things happen that make it easier for people to get health care and make it more affordable. I don't know what that is. But they're going to have to. There's just too much trouble with it now. We've got hospitals filled to capacity, people who can't get health care, maybe even people that can afford health care but now can't get it. Things have shaken up too much in health care, and it's going to change. I wanted to tell you my own experience with health care. I was a young man at the time. I was married. I had a son that was about two years old. I'd started a new job, and now this job was going to give me health care, but it wouldn't kick in for 60 days. 
Now, this is in, what, 1989, so the Internet isn't real hot and heavy. Cell phones aren't hot and heavy. But uh, I was taking a shower one day, and I noticed a bump on one of my testicles. Excuse me for saying that, but this is important to the story. Now, at that time, I didn't really know what it was, but it seemed weird. I'm one of these weird people. When anything is slightly different with my body, I recognize it. I notice it. And I'm not uh, afraid to go to the doctor and have it checked. I need to do that. But I was in a difficult situation. I had a young family, a son who was two years old, a wife, a house, and I started this job. Now, I knew if I went into the doctor right now, I did not have health coverage. I had no health coverage at that time in 1989. And I knew if I went in and got it looked at, that would be a pre-existing condition. And 60 days from now, when I did get health insurance, they wouldn't cover it. Or if I didn't get health insurance, then it would absolutely destroy our family, our finances. And at that time, we were young and didn't have a lot of money anyway. We couldn't afford to do that. So I did a lot of reading on testicular cancer. I found out it was a slow-moving cancer. I found out that it was... uh, uh, fairly curable. I believe thoroughly that I had testicular cancer. And it was weird when it was happening. Now, this is pre-internet, but I was seeing news stories and newspaper articles about testicular cancer. I even knew somebody, kind of, who was went, I went to school with that had it. And it was pretty serious. He was in the hospital for a long time. So something told me, something in my head told me, you have testicular cancer, you should get this checked out. But because I didn't have health insurance and I didn't want to ruin us financially, I decided, well, it's a slow-moving cancer, so I'm going to go with the odds and try to ride this out until I get covered by health insurance. And when I do, I'll go in and have it checked. Well, those 60 days were kind of tough. I'm not one that deals with a lot of anxiety. I'm not one that deals with uh, worrying about stuff. But this was on my mind constantly, every day. I worried about it. I mean, I started thinking about things like, well, I'm 29. My son is two. If I die in the next year, this kid will never even remember who I am. He won't know who his father is. Moreover, it's going to leave my family, my wife and I and my son, or my wife and son, in dire straits because that'll be one more person that isn't working in a time when we didn't have any money anyway. So this was a troubling thing, and everything that ever happened to me, every little twinge I felt, was something I was worried about with this cancer thing. Because I was young, I didn't know what it did to your body. So when I felt certain things, I thought, oh my God, that's that the cancer. Is it spread? Is it this? But I wasn't going to go in and get checked because I didn't want to ruin us financially. One day at work, <clears throat> they're, painting the, uh, they're painting the railings in there. And on that day, I started to get really dizzy, feel sick, nauseous, like, oh my God. I can't ride this out. This cancer's coming at me. It's doing it, doing something to me. Now, you've got to understand, I'm young. I don't know anything about this. 
Fortunately, after a day or so, I was telling somebody this, and they go, yeah, I got that too. They were using the oil-based paint on those railings, and that's what made you sick. Well, I was relieved, naturally. But that was my mindset. I'm not a guy that worries. I don't have anxiety. But for those 60 days, I did. And I knew in my heart that I couldn't afford to do what I needed to do to take care of my problem. So we come to the 60 days. I got my health care in order now. I'm covered. So I go to my wife, and I never told my wife about this because I know she'd force me into doing it. She said, we'll get money from our dads or whatever, but you're going to do it. So I didn't want her to do that, so I never told her either. I kept it to myself. I told nobody. So that 60 days comes and passes. We have health care, and I say, honey, I believe I have testicular cancer. I got to go see the doctor right now. And she kind of scoffed at that. She said, you don't have cancer. You're you're just being a baby about this. She was trying to she was in denial about this whole thing and this diagnosis is coming from her idiot husband. So what the fuck does he know? So anyway, we go to the doctor. My wife comes with me. And my doctor checks me out. He has to do a biopsy. But you know the thing about it is is with this kind of thing, it's not a biopsy with a needle. They've got to uh, find the bump, gauge what they believe it is, and he told me, he says, it does look like you have testicular cancer. Now, my wife was all upset. She started crying because she never believed it. In my head, I knew it. So I said, okay, cool. What are we going to do? And he was surprised that I wasn't more upset. I said, dude, I've known about this for 60 days. I know what it is. I've agonized over it. Now we need to get it taken care of. So you go in and do the operation. And they verify it's cancer once doing the operation by cutting open the tumor and finding out. And they said, yes, it is cancer. Now everybody's upset. I'm kind of cool with it because I already knew this. Now it was a matter of figuring out what kind of cancer it is. This is something I hadn't thought about. I didn't realize there's different levels of testicular cancer. I thought there was just one. So the guy looks at me and he says, well, here's the deal. Depending on what it comes back as, you could either have to go through nothing else. You could either have to go through radiation. You'd have to go through chemotherapy. And in some cases, you would need both. So now I'm sitting, (laughs) biting my nails for another couple days, waiting to find out what it was. So he calls me up and he says, look, I'm going to want you to do radiation like every day for the next four weeks. And in a sense, I was relieved because I thought the chemo would be worse than radiation. And I was right. So I'd have to go into the doctor every day, get this radiation on me just to make sure it's okay. And I did that. And, you know, having them do radiation in the area where I had the problem was a little, eh, (laughs) it's a little embarrassing. You got nurses, you got all this stuff. But I went through it. I got through it. I got checked up every six months thereafter, and I'm fine. And I have been fine for 32 years. So I'm relieved about that prospect. Now, had I not been fine, had it been more time sensitive, and I should have gone in 60 days before, and that would have killed me if I didn't come in earlier, then it would have been a much different scenario. 
But but I had to make that choice about money and my health. I knew either way I picked it could go wrong, but I chose not to do it because I couldn't afford it. That should not happen in this country. That should never happen in this country. I don't want to see it happen to my kids, my grandkids, your kids, your grandkids. That is absolute bullshit in a country that can send $2 trillion to rich people for no fucking reason and then not have them pay taxes. That $2 trillion would be better in making it more affordable for the citizens to have medical care. So when I talk about universal medicine, or universal medical care. I have a very personal feeling about it because of my own experience. Now I'm older. I have money. I have coverage. I'm not worried about that. But there's a lot of people in this country that can't afford medical care, and that is absolutely bullshit. And I can tell you it's complete agony going through that when you know you're sick and you can't afford it. That should not happen in this country. And with any luck, Joe Biden, the Democrats, will make it so that we can have that medical care and keep our people safe, at least on that level. So anyway, running long on time. I thought this might be a shorter one because it's a Saturday. Nope, Mike can talk forever, so (laughs) we're about the same time frame. So I hope you have a great Sunday. We'll have another show on Monday and few others after that so we'll keep it going we'll keep talking there'll be more things to talk about and i talk hopefully so you think and then you talk because that's where we win we start a narrative we start an idea and the more people talking about it the more likely we have to get it done so you have a great sunday we'll talk to you again real soon thanks for listening to the rational boomer podcast Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.